Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! A home run in the first inning. Here he sends one deep down the left field line. If it stays fair, it is gone, and it is fair and gone. Baby gone for Andrew Vaughn. Second home run of the night. All three home runs for Charlotte have been solo shots. That gives Charlotte a 5-0 lead. Andrew Vaughn with a home run. Get it a lot, actually. He's a big league hitter. I think we know it now, right? We all feel like we know it. It's 670 to score. Matt Spiegel is who you're with on Sunday mornings. We do Hit and Run where we talk Cubs and White Sox for three hours every Sunday morning. And today is no different. Sean Sears producing and on the phone right now, our Circle Resort and Casino hotline is Jack McMullen, the veteran minor league announcer. I can say that now, right? You're a veteran. You've been doing it for multiple seasons. I mean, Cape Cod Veteran, league. let's see. Short season ball in 2019, and then a high A ball in 2020, which didn't happen in high A ball in 2021. So, yeah, I guess like year four of minor league ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, longtime veteran minor league voice, uh, Jack McMullen, joins us right now. He's doing the Indianapolis Indians. That's the Pittsburgh Pirates AAA team. So you've seen a lot of O'Neill Cruz, right? We're going to talk Cubs and Sox prospects with you, but you've seen a lot of him. how's, How's he looking? by the way. Yeah, I'm seeing O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill is, um, if you look at the numbers, not too hot right now. He's sitting, I want to say, under a buck 80 at the moment. Um, so all the people that were coming for Ben Charrington's head when O'Neill did not make the opening day roster, they, they should probably check out uh, MILB.com and check out what O'Neill's doing down here. But you know what? <laughs> when, when the ball is put in play, it's like 115 miles an hour. He hit a line drive single in Charlotte the other night, 121.7 miles per hour, Crazy. Uh, which only Giancarlo Stanton has hit the ball harder uh, in the last several years. All right. So, look, you know, it, it, Jack will help us with a visual scout of um, players that you will be seeing for the Cubs and the White Sox. Um, and I want you to start with Andrew Vaughn, who you got to see – for a few different days of his rehab assignment, what what's it like when you're seeing a hitter like that, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, that's what a big league hitter looks like. I mean, was he was it very obvious to watch him and see his skill level in that way? Yeah, it, it's exactly that. It's like, oh, he's just bigger and better than everybody else down here. Um, I work with Howard Kelman, who's been the voice of the Indianapolis Indians for. 46 years now and I mean we were just whenever we went to a commercial break in his in his multi-homer game I want to say that was on Thursday uh, we were like wow I mean this guy just looks bigger and better and you know a lot of people were saying well they they fast-tracked Vaughn he could have used some time in Birmingham and Charlotte when you see big league pitching and you come down here uh, he went 0 for 4 in his first game of the rehab assignment with three ground outs 
and then he has that multi-homer game, and both of them were no doubt shots to the pull side. He just capitalizes on AAA pitches, you know, like 93, you leave it over the heart of the plate. A big league hitter and a guy with an OPS over 900 at the big league level is going to burn you, and that's exactly what Vaughn did. So your mean Mercedes is down there, obviously Jake Berger, Blake Rutherford. It, it, what's, what's going on when you watch your mean? What's, uh, what's the temperament like? What's the, uh, what, what's the attitude like when you're watching him up well, close right now? You're catching me at the perfect time because your mean just got ejected last night. Oh, wow. Your wow. mean got ejected last night. Um, tell you what, your, your mean has hit two homers this week. He had a no-doubt shot last night. It, it was a blowout win for Charlotte, 12-2. Um, and, and Mercedes, you know, he was having a good day, but he was just really struggling to, to make contact with breaking balls. I mean, he was putting bad swings on breaking balls all night last night. Um, and then there was a pitch, you know, granted – you don't have the highest level of umpire, although I think the AAA umpires are, are very good down here. Um, you know, you, you just had a breaking ball that was borderline, probably was a called strike if the catcher set up on the inside corner and caught it on the inside corner. But the problem was uh, Indy's catcher was set up on the outside corner and he entirely whiffed the curveball with his glove. So it was, you know, a, a pass ball that got away and your mean was rung up on a called strike three. So granted, understandable, like they didn't sell it as a strike, and it was a borderline strike, but it, it got to the point where he, he was tossed for arguing balls and strikes. Oy. Um, you know, look, this is a team in the middle of their winning window who's going for it and will occasionally need help on the bottom of the roster from players who can come up, step in, and, and, and be effective. There's two 25-year-olds I want to ask you about. Yolbert Sanchez, the the young infielder. There are Sox fans who dream of him coming up and defensively upgrading you right away at second base. Is he ready to be in the big leagues, Yolbert? Defensively, yeah, um, and he's hitting the ball well. Yolbert's, I, I want to say it's 320 so far this year, so he's hitting the ball well. Um, he's not going to hit for power. Um, I think you're probably getting comparable production to Josh Harrison, um, but Gilbert Sanchez, I mean, yeah, younger, team control, right? So there are a lot of those pros there. But, you know, Gilbert, he's not standing out like this guy needs to be in the big leagues right now. But he's certainly a good baseball player for the Charlotte Knights. And, and he should get a shot if, you know, the roster up top uh, on the south side needs Gilbert Sanchez. Yeah, he's hitting 327. The OPS is at 801. There are no home runs, but it's really it's the defensive slickness and competence that feels like would be a major boon. Um, and so maybe, maybe maybe he'll be he'll be that guy um, in terms of the middle infield. And then and then if they need a spot start, um, or if they if they really want to think about a guy, I guess I guess he could be a long man, but he's really a starter, isn't he? Davis Martin. Tell us about Davis Martin who's getting a lot of nice pub right now, nice press. Okay, yeah, so this guy came out of absolutely nowhere. I think he had an ERA hovering around five with AA Birmingham last year, and and he was a middle-round pick out of Texas Tech. I want to say 2018. Um, But this year, all the stuff ticked up, and I I got the spin data and all that, and I got got the velos coming into the start um, because I asked a buddy of mine that has access to that stuff, um, not not legally access to that stuff, but um, he, I, I asked him, and you know, I said, "Give me the lowdown on Davis Martin." And he said, "Oh wow, Davis Martin! Like this is exciting. He's got you know that fastball in the 2400, 2500 RPM range, so a high spin fastball that's 94 to 96, 
and he's got tight breaking balls. He's got a good curveball, a slider, and a changeup. I was excited going into the start, and then he throws six shutout innings, and he was as impressive of a starting pitcher as we've seen so far this year. I mean, this guy was mid-90s with pinpoint command of the fastball. He's got a sharp power curve but still has a lot of vertical drop. Think of, like, um, a, a harder 12-6 curveball. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he couples that with a tight slider and a good changeup that, that runs like a circle change. So this is a guy that has four pitches that he can commit that I, I think could be really effective if, if they need a spot start here. Yeah, four-pitch mix. And if you're hitting your fastball with command like that and mixing it in comfortably, repeating the mechanics, that sounds good for a back-of-rotation arm and maybe somebody even they could use in a pinch. Um, all right, how about Johnny Cueto, last White Sox um, player uh, of consequence? That's a big leaguer with really funky timings and deliveries and obviously quick pitch stuff and really weird. Uh, but how did Cueto look? How close is he, you think? Well, the, the indie brass and the Pirates brass that was watching Cueto start on Wednesday had a blast because – do you remember that wild card game where you had the fans at PNC Park chanting Cueto and he, and he dropped the ball and balked? Yes, yes. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they had a blast with that one. Um, tell you what, man, Johnny Cueto, he's still got something left in the tank. And, and I think today is the deadline uh, for them to add him to the 26-man roster before he has an opt-out uh, on his contract that he signed with the White Sox. Um, a lot of those veteran minor leaguers get opt-outs on, on May 15. So if, if they don't add him, then Cueto can opt out of that deal. But I think they should add him, man. I mean, you have all this suspect starting pitching, and granted, some of those guys have thrown really well, but having Johnny Cueto in that clubhouse, having Johnny Cueto that you can run out while Lance Lynn gets healthy and while Giolito's on the COVID IL, uh, he still provides something, and, and he was pounding the strike zone. Uh, I think he can give you four innings, five innings every fifth day. Yeah, I think Cueto will probably be here Tuesday or be with the White Sox Tuesday um, as they go against Kansas City. That slot is open and has been talked about being left open. Um, all right, good stuff. Uh, so take me to uh, take me to Iowa, or at least take me to Indianapolis when Iowa was there. Brennan Davis has had a very, very rough season. What did he look like when you scouted his at-bats in person, Jack? So uh, I saw Brennan Davis when he was in South Bend in high A last year, and I, I talked to you after that. I mean, this guy was as electrifying as they came at the high A level. And, I mean, it's just a new year and, and this new him that he's got to shake off at the moment. And he, and he got better as the week progressed. But you could tell, like, you know when you see a guy's forearms just a little bit more defined because they're holding the bat tighter than they typically do? It, it felt like he was pressing, um, and, and he was extending the zone. He was striking out all the time at the beginning of the year. And looking at fan graphs, I mean, this guy, he, he just wasn't hitting line drives. I think it, at a certain point, like a month into the season, he had the lowest line drive rate in AAA baseball or one of the lowest line drive rates in AAA baseball, and that's Brennan Davis's game. He's a really good athlete. He's going to figure this out. Um, it just stinks for, for Cubs fans and for Iowa Cubs fans that the first month of the year was, was slow getting out of the gates for Brendan Davis. Mm. Um, how about Caleb Killian? Um, Caleb Killian has been, has been terrific this year at AAA. Killian, part of the package they got from San Francisco for the Bryant deal, right? It was him and Alexander Canario uh, for Chris Bryant. I know you've seen Canario at, uh, at South Bend last year, and that guy's got an outrageous power. But 
But what can you tell us about Killian, who was probably going to debut for the big club sometime this year? I, I thought Killian was awesome, man. And when when the deal went through, it was this really exciting piece in low A for San Francisco and Canario, right? And then Killian was almost the filler that could turn out to be a reliever type. Killian's got crazy command. He led minor league baseball in strikeout to walk rate last year. Um, and, and you can see that this year. And it's not like he throws 89 to 91. When you think command, you think 89 to 91 in 2022. But don't think like that anymore. Think about George Kirby, who, who can run it up to 100 miles an hour that, uh, you know, walked six guys and struck out 107 his junior year at Elon. Like, that's not, you know, that's not the severity that Killian does it. But Killian's the type of guy that can go six and punch out seven and walk one in his major league debut. That's, that's the type of command of multiple pitches that Killian has. Well, folks, maybe you heard by Jack's reference to the Mariners young pitcher, George Kirby and his stats at Elon college that uh, my dude's waters run a little deeper than just the Indianapolis Indians. Just baseball is the podcast. Just baseball is, is also the website where you can read. I mean, we'll get, update people on the state of the empire here, uh, Jack McMullen. What's, I, I mean, what are you most passionately creating on the daily? Oh, man. Uh, well, I love calling games. I love working with my partner here, Howard Kelman, again. So I'm, I'm loving my, my evenings in Indianapolis. But daytime, yeah, the Just Baseball show, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and justbaseball.com. I'm scratching that writing itch that I know you and I both have a little bit. Um, and just yeah, podcasting. Like, it, it's pretty interesting, right? With with talk radio, it's play-by-play, which I know you do. You major league play-by-play, are you? And, oh, you bet. Um, you bet. And it, podcasting, too, you get to scratch all these, you know, you get to work all these creative muscles that, that you don't work at, at all times. So I, it's really fun. I have a really good time talking about baseball. Yeah, you can um, go ahead. It, it came out of my, my mouth one time when people were talking to me about what I was doing. It's like, I, I don't know. I'm a multi-level baseball person. So I enjoy that. I enjoy that. You, you two are, are becoming a multi-level baseball person. So just, just run I'm with trying. that. I'm um, trying. So, so, look, that's good stuff about Killian. As we get back to that and stick with Cubs here for a minute because the numbers at AAA are similar to what you'd mentioned in terms of 32 strikeouts, just 12 walks in 28 and two-thirds innings at AAA for Killian. And he had a breakout of sorts in the Arizona Fall League uh, last year. And in those playoffs, that was fun to watch. But, you, you, you know, when you talked about Kirby, it seems like Killian fits that. What, what do you love about the profile here? It seems to be a, a statistically informed or at least analytically informed young man who still has the moxie and the guts to pitch on the human level, something like that? Yeah, 100%. So, I, you know, he's a more subdued version of, I think, what you're getting with Kirby, who is a more subdued version of what you're getting from Walker Bueller, mm-hmm. um, where Bueller has electric stuff, five pitches, um, and he commands all of it. Like, Bueller does not miss spots, and that's why he can go deep in games. Kirby is a step below that, and I think Killian is a step below that. But if you're looking for a three- or four-man that can throw 60 pitches through six innings when the stars align, that's the type of guy you're getting with Caleb Killian. Um, and, and I think, you know, with those 12 walks, you said, in a little under 30 innings, that's still a good number. But he's, I, I think, more comfortable throwing balls, throwing pitches that start in the strike zone and, and tail out of the strike zone or curve out of the strike zone. Um, I, I think Killian is the type of guy that 
has pretty decent stuff, and he's learning to trust the stuff more. He doesn't have crazy stuff like a Bueller or a Kirby, but um, his ability to, to mesh stuff plus command was really impressive. Yeah, you know, when you find guys like that who can get strikeouts and not walk you, it's pretty amazing. Like right now in the big league level, Kevin Gossman has thrown 45 innings um, over the course of seven starts. He's walked two people, two. It, it's, ju- it's just outrageous when you can find certain guys like that. Who are your favorite big leaguers to watch pitch these days, Jack? Um, Walker Bueller's at the very top of the list. I love that guy. I love everything he does on the mound. I love what kind of competitor he is. Um, I, I have had a really good time watching Gosman. You know who I'm, I'm turning on all the time is Joe Musgrove. And I know that he's pitching this morning. Mm-hmm. I think Musgrove is an absolute gamer. I think he should get uh, a nine-figure deal this offseason from whoever wants to pay him, whether that be the, the Padres or somebody else. But the fastball's lively. He has command of a great breaking ball. Uh, I, I love Musgrove. I love watching Bueller. Um, and yep. listen, man, whenever Chris Sale comes back from this rip thing, I'm in on every start that Chris <laughs> Sale. Well, you know, it, and, and it's funny. And sometimes there's that, that, that old salt. I don't know how he does it. It's like Verlander coming off Tommy John here. At, what is he, 39? He's got the best whip in Major League Baseball among all starting pitches. Uh, pitchers at he 0.64. Leads, Matt, he leads Major League Baseball starting pitchers in, in hits per nine. And Verlander, I thought it was hilarious. I was watching uh, Todd Callis and the Astros TV crew, and they said that Verlander told them a couple of things, a couple of milestones that he wants to hit. Because he's 39 years old. He's got over 3,000 innings pitch, over 3,000 strikeouts. He said, A, he wants to throw till he's 45, yeah. and B, he wants to win 300 games. Who in their right mind in 2022 says that wins is something that they want to do? I'll tell you who it is. It's a starting pitcher that routinely goes into the seventh and sometimes the eighth and knows he's on a good enough team that he'll have a lead a lot of those times as long as the bullpen doesn't blow it. If starting pitchers can go deep enough, I like that they still care about it. You know, like I think it's a healthy thing for starting pitchers to care about whether we as as analysts need to value it or not is another question. Oh, my God. A hundred percent. And one more guy before we move off that that I absolutely love watching. And I know you love watching, too, is Shane McClanahan with Tampa lefty that throws what he sits 98 with his fastball and has unhittable slider and curveball. All right, so there is. Um, Jack, what's your experience been like with the new rules? What are you seeing? I know that you sent the text last night, and I actually shared at the beginning of the show, you had a game last night, 17 combined walks between the two teams, and with the pitch clock still done under three hours, two hours and 57 minutes. So you're seeing the pitch clock. What else? What are the other rules that you're seeing? Uh, the pitch clock is the main one. I, I saw the pickoff rule in high A last year. That, that doesn't exist here, um, but – yeah, the pitch clock is the main one here in AAA, uh, which I am a, a massive fan of. I don't think we've had a nine-inning game go three hours since the first week of the season, and we've had games that go two hours and five minutes, two hours and six minutes. And listen, we started with 10 combined walks for the first two innings last night, 17 combined, like you said, over the nine-inning game, and it still was two hours and 57 minutes. Hmm. So, uh, anybody complaining? I know that Wes Helms of the Charlotte Knights did complain. A couple other different people. Like, it messes with the timing. I wonder if you're seeing unhappy hitters or unhappy pitchers, if, if either. 
So I've seen unhappy pitchers more than I've seen unhappy hitters, even though I've heard from some hitters that they're not necessarily a big fan of it. I think a lot of those guys are in and ready to roll. Um, And unhappy pitchers, I think where they get unhappy, if you're throwing well, the pitch clock doesn't need to be on. I mean, you're getting it and you're you're throwing in in 10 seconds, right? Like all you want to do is fire the next pitch. But when you miss with three consecutive pitches, all you want to do is take that lap around the mound and take a deep breath and shrug your shoulders. And they aren't afforded that opportunity. So you got to think of quicker ways to take that quick mental beat and reset, right? So I, I think that pitchers are getting more visibly frustrated when things aren't going their way. Jack McMullen, a pleasure. Um, thanks, man. Nice talking to you. Thanks for the info. And um, you got a game today? Got a game today. We could go in at about 40 minutes. All right. Enjoy. Uh, talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. All right. It's Jack McMullen, voice of the AAA Indianapolis Indians, giving you some info on some of the kids that are out there. Chris Kampka will be coming up next, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. And today is an anniversary that I need to talk about towards the end of the show. Keep it here. It's Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel, Sunday mornings on The Score. Ground ball, Velasquez, throws across, hit the kid great kid a battler what stuff what a moment something he will remember the rest of his life pretty cool moment during the course of the week been a fun week in baseball nationally as you look around at some of the stuff that's going on some very very good teams a lot of coastal elites right now the angels are 23 and 13 <clears throat> the strength of uh, Shohei Otani with his 100th home run yesterday and Mike Trout and that uh, the rest of that absurd, absurd lineup. They're tied with the Astros atop the National League West in what should be a very fun division race the whole way. And the Dodgers, of course, at 20 and 12, they're tied above, above the National League West with the San Diego Padres. So. The two of them out west on the coast. And then on the east, it's Yankees and it's Mets. The Yankees, even with the loss to the White Sox last night at 24-9, the best record in baseball. And then the Mets at 23-12, and the best record in the National League. So it's the Centrals that are struggling other than the Brewers at 21-13. and And one of the stars for the Brewers has been Christian Yelich, who's absolutely hammering the ball now. He's back to being that guy. Maybe not with all the power, but if you look at like the expected stats numbers and stuff like that, which is really just a fancy way of looking at, is he hitting the ball hard? The answer is yes. He's hitting the ball hard with consistency and on the regular. So the Brewers are easily the class of the National League Central. That is, um, that's for sure. So, um, you know, it, it's it's an interesting moment around MLB. Some teams will sort of have to try and figure out exactly what they are and who they are as the trade deadline will approach. I got to mention, by the way, I, that last night on a beautiful night here in Chicago, took uh, took my boy to the White Sox game and the Yankees game on a gorgeous night. It was a great game. We stayed the whole time, stayed till the walk off and the emotional explosion of the crowd 
at the end of that one was very satisfying. Talked about that part of it a little bit earlier. But we went up um, to the kids' zone, which is upstairs at the ballpark, you know, out there in left field. And if you go to the game with a kid, and I know it's a lot of steps, and if you are, I don't know, uh, not someone who loves steps. Hi. Hi, everybody. Good morning. You still got to go up there and take them up there. It's so good. So good. The kids had so much fun. They immediately did the running thing where you try to run faster than Tim Anderson, but it's not really Tim Anderson, folks. He's actually playing the game that's on the field. It's a cardboard cutout of Tim Anderson on a, uh, you know, on a, on a little treadmill and, a, a, you know, a, an operator like a carny of sorts, a glorified baseball carny hits a button and your kid's got to beat him. So there's that. And then there was, there's the hitting upstairs with the batting cages. There's an area where you can pitch and try to knock down catchers as they go by like they were ducks. There's more carnies there. And, you know, and these are, these are kind of fun jobs. Seem to be youngsters, maybe people in their 20s. Hey, I get to work at the kids' zone during a, during a White Sox game. It's pretty cool. And you're up there at second level, third level, fourth level as you keep climbing higher. It's actually a really fun perspective on the ball game. Way up high there in left field to look down and see the field. It's really, it's really kind of pretty. They don't sell drinks up there, which is probably wise because not only are there kids everywhere, obviously, and that's a big reason, but there's also really, really high, high perspectives. And you don't want, you know, drunken adults up there doing silly things. Um, but man, it was so fun to watch the kids do their thing. And then I, I got to give a shout out to um, to the baseball carney who was playing first base at the fielding exhibit there for there in the kids zone. Because it's like, you know, it's a little mini infield and the kids, especially if you bring a glove, you can go over there and I'll throw you a couple of grounders. Then you make the throw. The first baseman, um, you know, I, I imagine they'd rotated a little bit, but it seemed like this guy had been there for a while. He just wasn't stretching anymore. He'd given up trying to be a good target for the kids and maybe to help them out a little. Like, help your infielders out a little bit, dude. These kids are making the best throw they can across the mini diamond. And we were just laughing so hard because the baseball carny first baseman was just like, oh, yeah, no. Just like barely extending the arm, not stretching at all. Terrible footwork over there. And the kids were committing throwing error after throwing error after throwing error. It's like you're trying to build confidence in these young baseball minds. Have a little help. Yeah, what about a scoop or two? Come on. Yeah, a scoop or like, oh, yeah, that throw. No, sorry, kid. That's 18 inches to the right of my chest. Can't make that catch. If you don't throw it right at my glove, then this is the lesson. No big league first baseman will ever help you out. You have to throw it right here or not. Come on, man. Oh, man. That's rough. That's the hardest we laughed all night, though, I think, was watching the first baseman. I mean, it's kind of a miserable existence, I suppose, after a while. Damn kids. Come on. I don't want to turn around and go. There's There's a wall back there. All right, it bounced off. Now you go get it. You go get it. And they would. My boy's like, oh, great. I get to make two throws. I'll go get the ball <laughs> as it bounced off Jeez. the wall behind you. Getting the kids to fetch the ball for you, too. Yes. That's, a, that's a look. 
That's next level laziness for the baseball carnies among us. My God. Do you guys get huh. to try any of the good food out there at the Sox Park? Um, yeah, I I chose the Polish with the grilled onions and the mustard. Yeah, classic. It's tough. It's tough to go wrong. I was trying to tell my guys, like, hey man, the elotes are here. You, you gotta go get elotes. Or the Cuban comet. The Cuban sandwich is is for real. I've heard good things about it. Um, so we almost went in that direction, but no, nah, just you know, it's hard for me to resist. Especially because you can't get grilled onions with with frequency on the north side. You really can't. You got to find can't. that right vendor. You got to find that right spot. It'd be difficult. To, I got to remember next time I go and I find that one vendor that's got it. I got to remember. Drop and a I'll pin. Share it. Yes. <laughs> oh, could I drop a pin with that much specificity? I don't know. We could. We'll, we'll have to try. I guess we'll have to go to a couple games, see if we can make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, we will check lineups for you, get you started for your next uh, couple of ball games uh, later on today. And we can also look at some of the uh, some of the matchups that are upcoming here in MLB because some of the uh, some of the probable pitchers for the games of consequence, you know about the White Sox ones. And I, I, I told you about that with Nestor Cortez. It was terrific last time out and Michael Kopech. So that's a good matchup at uh, one o'clock or one ten central. And then for the Cubs in Arizona, it's Justin Steele getting a start against Humberto Castellanos. That's at three ten central. But Verlander, the aforementioned Verlander goes today for the Astros against Patrick Corbin. Um, and the Nationals, and then Joe Musgrove, who Jack McMullen was talking about, of the Padres against Kyle Wright. That's a very good matchup right there. The Mariners and Mets this afternoon, Robbie Ray and Carlos Carrasco is a nice one. And then one of my favorite pitchers in baseball for Cleveland, Dr. Sticks, Tristan McKenzie. God, he's so thin. There's barely anything there to him except for a giant arm. And a nasty, nasty breaking pitch. McKenzie and Joe Ryan, your um, White Sox competitors, Guardians and Twins today at 110 Central. Brandon Woodruff going for the Brewers today. Uh, yeah, and then the night game tonight is the Giants and the Cardinals. And that is a terrific pitching matchup. That is Adam Wainwright in his final year as, um, as a guy who has adjusted and is now pitching with so much control and so much smarts and pitching very well against um, a guy who may be the best pitcher in baseball right now, and that's Carlos Rodon. Right now, Carlos Rodon is absolutely outrageous. There's a big article about Carlos Rodon's four-seam fastball on on MajorLeagueBaseball.com this morning. And Rodon's... He's just, he's just remarkable right now. And the work he did with Ethan Katz and the core velocity belt was amazing. Should the White Sox have given him the one-year tender? Maybe. Should they have paid him for a long-term contract? I don't think so. I understand why they didn't. I think all of the industry and probably a lot of Sox fans are kind of watching and wondering what Rodon's going to look like in July and August and September and whether he will slow down. And if that's going to be the case... Then everybody will be able to say, see, that's the fear. That's the problem. That's the fear. But, man, as of right now, unbelievably good. Could watch him tonight. Giants against Cardinals. We'll talk to Chris Kampka and celebrate an anniversary I want to discuss with you as well on 670 The Score next. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sunday mornings on The Score.
You're listening to Hit and Run on 670. The score speaks here with you on a Sunday morning, about to be a Sunday afternoon. Should be another lovely day for baseball for the most part and another lovely day to play ball with the boy. Um, There will be a little bit of rain here just in this hour, then maybe a little bit of rain later on. But should be a nice wide open window for White Sox and Yankees coming up at one o'clock. And before that broadcast gets going on NBC Sports Chicago, our guy Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago, gets to join us as we do Camp Connected on a Sunday on Hit and Run. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good, Speaks. How are you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful, man. Had a really nice night at the ballpark uh, last night. And uh, there was a walk off win uh, to go with it. Although. Still, just three runs. They seem to not score uh, big piles of runs there on the south side with an offense that I thought would be scoring big piles of runs. No, but for some reason it's working. Um, so consider this. Since April 30th, the White Sox are 9-1 and one when they score four or fewer runs, which is insane considering the rest of Major League Baseball over that span is a combined 101 games under five hundred. It's 68 and 169. So, you know, it's the combination of excellent pitching for the most part and, and, and scoring, you know, just enough to get by, and the White Sox are doing it. They're 0-3 when they score five or more over that same span. So it's just, I mean, figure it out. It's weird. It is really weird. It's a, such a stressful way to have to play games, Um, you know, because we end up picking apart Tony and picking apart bullpen choices because there are no blowouts. They need more blowouts. I was reading uh, James Figgin on The Athletic was looking at blowout wins, you know, and through 32 games now, the White Sox have, uh, I believe, just two. Uh, Or no, it's one. It's one blowout win. No team has fewer than the White Sox. The Reds have two blowout wins. The White Sox only have one. They had 14 blowout wins in 60 games in the shortened pandemic year. So it's just not happening at this point. Yeah, the alarming thing is not only do they just have one blowout win, they're one in six in games that are decided by five or more runs, which is how we define blowouts. So, Mm. yikes. Um, But, I mean, at least, you know, you figure, okay, guys are going to get healthy eventually. So, they're really doing a good job of holding themselves over and hanging in there until the offense gets right, which we all assume is going to. Yeah. We all hope it's going to. Yeah. And, and, and I love bringing up blowout wins because I think blowout wins is really a great – it's a better measuring stick than, than one-run games because, I mean, the, the teams that get a lot of blowout wins are always good teams pretty much. And with one-run games, it's a mixed bag. I mean, you have some really bad teams that are good at them and – you know, but, um, you yeah. know, right now the offense isn't coming through, but they're getting it done. And it, it's it's just you don't know how, but who cares? They're getting it done. <laughs> the Dodgers have 10 blowout wins on the year. The Yankees have six blowout wins on the year. And it just does does wonders for you. You empty out that back end of the bullpen if you need it. You buy everybody a day of rest and a day of anxiety goes away for both coaches and players, and that stuff matters. Fun night, though, because we had a ninth-inning win for the White Sox and a ninth-inning win for the Cubs last night, Chris. Yeah, and, and, I mean, it's pretty amazing that they did what they did. Entering yesterday, um, the Cubs had two two ninth-inning runs all year, 
and he allowed four ninth-leaning runs all year. And yesterday, he scores three and allow one. So you almost doubled your entire season total of ninth-inning runs scored in Cub games in general. Hmm. And, I mean, who does that? I mean, it was just a, it's, it was nice to see them scoring in the ninth. But, I mean, you realize that they've only, they only allowed – five runs all year in the ninth inning. So that's a good trend as well. Mm-hmm. Um, even when there's some games on the road where you don't play a ninth inning, but overall that that's pretty nice. Um, so, you know, Hey, you get a win on yeah. the road. Yeah, you do you get a win on the road with some ninth inning runs was asking for uh, Cubs fans, asking Cubs fans, what they had as positives in terms of some of the ball players that they're watching, and it's Alfonso Rivas, it's a little bit of Nico Horner, Ichiro Suzuki's, even though he has has toned it down, um, and Keegan Thompson. Um, so there, there's a few things. There's a few players doing some work there uh, on uh, on the positive front, and Scott Efros, man, Scott Efros is doing well, and I just like when I just like watching him throw. You know why? Kampka, it reminds me of the moment when I was a kid when I was throwing sidearm, and I think I was 11, and I thought briefly, I might make it to the big leagues. I like, You know what? I just figured it out. I just realized that this is how to do it, and I'm going to make it to the big leagues. Did you ever have a moment yeah. as a child where you thought you were destined for such things? I didn't, but I share your enjoyment of watching a good sidearmer. I mean, you get a guy, you get a bunch of guys who throw a certain way, and then – you kind of throw in a wild card, you know, something completely different to give the other team another look. I always loved that. When I was growing up, I loved watching Dan Quisenberry come into the game and throw whatever that was that he was throwing because nobody else did that. And, and that's what I like when I, when I see Efros, you know. Um, he gives you something completely different. And I, and I think more teams should employ that, that complete wild card you know, give another team a different look. And so I think that's a good reason to why he's thriving. I love uh, what you tweeted just a little while ago, Chris, that today in 1941, 81 years ago, Joe DiMaggio got a hit. White Sox beat the Yankees 13-1, to but DiMaggio got a hit. Why was that a big deal? I guess it wasn't at the time, but looking no, back. No, it was Looking back, it ended up being a big deal because uh, if you wanted to see another game where DiMaggio played and didn't get a hit – You'd have to wait a couple months. Um, that was the beginning of his 56-game hitting streak on this mm-hmm. game in this day in 1941. And hey, the White Sox won that game 13 to one for the record. Yeah, well, I see. Well, Luke Appling, uh, Luke Appling had a hit in that game. Um, you know, so some uh, some some people got it done. Phil Rizzuto, the scooter, went one for four also in that game. So it's uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's good to see. So you got to figure if Eddie Smith, the White Sox pitcher that day, um, if he liked to brag to his friends about that, you know, hey, I give up the first hit to that. Well, <laughs> you never know. Eddie Smith over a beer into the 50s and 60s and 70s bragging about it. I love it. Thank you, Chris. Enjoy your day, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Beaks. All right. You got it. So, yeah, today the anniversary of day one of Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak. Um, are you guys playing beat the streak out there? It is the, the game from MLB. It's been around for 20 years. It's really fun to play where you get to, all you got to do is pick a guy who gets a hit during the course of the day. And you, you just, you just pick a guy who's going to get a hit. And if they get a hit, you have a one game hitting streak, pick a guy tomorrow. You have a two game hitting streak. You can double down, get two on a day and build it back up. And if you get to 57 games, if you break Joe DiMaggio's record, you win $5.6 million.
It's just that easy. Of course, nobody's done it in 20 years, but it's really fun. What's been fun about it for me as I'm playing is I just I feel locked in on the entire league from a hitting perspective, and I'm starting to look at what are the factors that allow for dudes to get hits on the regular, like the very best hitters in the game. Why are they who they are? It, it's really fun. Grab the MLB Play app if you want to play, beat the streak. And, of course, I'm doing a daily podcast every day of the baseball season, every morning, talking about beat the streak and really just talking about hitting um, uh, every day. It's, it's so, you know, kind of recapping the day and hitting, looking ahead to who the best matchups are, on a on a on a, a given moment, it's just it's it's been really really fun, and you know on a day like today now because I've gotten in the habit of of looking all the time, I can tell you that of all the matchups going today, you know there are certain hitters that are bound to do well. Like it, it's it, it's 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 quite something. Starling Marte is hitting three fifty in his career off Robbie Ray. 350. Okay. So how about Starling Marte? How about Marcelo Zuna hitting 357 in his career against Joe Musgrove? So I'm looking at matchups every day. It's kind of fun to look at and think about. Speaking of um, um, speaking of, of, of ball players around the league, I noticed Jose Quintana reached the 10-year service mark. Congratulations to Jose Quintana. Drew Smiley also reached that this week. And when ball players get to 10 years, it's a big, big deal. By the way, on the Beat the Streak front, um, grab the podcast and Beat the Streak Daily. You can find it everywhere people podcast because I do. So grab it there and listen and hang out with me every morning in the baseball season and talk hitting for about mm, 10 minutes, 10 minutes on your given day. It's pretty fun. But the MLB Players Association estimates that less than 10% of all major leaguers will ever reach the 10-year service mark. And Drew Smiley got there, Jose Quintana got there this week. What it means is it is it's an honor to get there. It is quite a milestone to get there. Very few do it. It feels like a sign of respect. Josh Harrison got there earlier this year. And for Drew Smiley, he got an Ace of Spades champagne, Ace of Spades bottle, Armand de Brignac, Ace of Spades champagne from his Cubs teammates. Guess that's a very, very good, very fancy, expensive bottle of champagne. But what it also means for ball players, it's a full pension post-playing career. It means you get that full pension. So it's the acknowledgement of the journey, of how hard you've worked, of how you've found a way to stick around, hang around in Major League Baseball, and you've locked yourself in for the full pension once your playing career is done. And that is uh, big, big stuff. 670, the score is where you are. It's Matt Spiegel, who you're with here on Hit and Run. Tough news yesterday, acknowledged by Jed Hoyer for Ed Howard. Such a good and important young player for the Cubs' future. The former first-round pick, former Jackie Robinson West shortstop, has been playing really, really well. B- defensively, he's brilliant. Um, but he's, the offense has turned it up, especially recently. The last, like, 14, 15 games, he was starting to hit much, much better, dating back to the middle of April. He had had a rough start offensively, but then was starting to find it and just such a good defensive player. And now he's hurt himself. It's a hip injury. It's a serious one. He's in South Bend. He's been playing in South Bend. 
But we'll see. Ed Howard might be out, if not for the rest of the year, at least probably for a couple of months. And that is tough news. And Jed Hoyer had said there's never good timing for an injury like that. But it's a shame. As of right now, he worked so incredibly hard this winter, got stronger than anyone at our camp this winter. The exit velocities were up. The strikeout rates were down playing the typical defense. It's a shame. This was so, such a bummer when I saw this news. I'm yep. such a big Ed Howard fan. It's uh, You hope for a comeback, but yeah, this was, like you said, it was really turning the corner. Yeah, I think he was turning the corner offensively and defensively so good, and a hip is uh, a big, big deal, obviously, for a for, middle for infielder. For all of that, yeah. Yeah, it, it depends on quickness, depends on athleticism and being nimble and body control and all that. So good luck to Ed Howard as he tries to make his way back. Thanks to everybody for listening on Hit and Run today. I had a great time. Thank you to Sean Sears for doing his usual excellent job with the production. It's going to be CBS Radio after me for a little bit, and then Cubs and Diamondbacks for a 2.35 pregame. And that'll be coming up a little bit later on this afternoon on 670 The Score. Thanks to Chris Kampka from NBC Sports Chicago, Jack McMullen, the play-by-play voice of the AAA Indianapolis Indians, and Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow as part of Parkins and Spiegel. And uh, check out the Beat the Streak podcast uh, every morning coming at you from Odyssey and wherever you listen to your podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you. Bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.